Yeah. Oh, that looks how he wants. For like a whole season of Saint and Greavesy. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is, wherever you are, it's Shocktober. It's scary time. My name is Malachi J. Matthews, and I am joined as always by Hollywood Fletch and Magic Mark. You haven't had any booze and you're behaving like this? Fucking hell. Don't need no booze, mate. Don't need no, I'm high on life and weed. You're very fond of uh, Halloween, aren't you? I do. I love. I love the Halloween. I do. It's my favourite time of year. I mean, we you, you cosy up. You eat some soup. Get get the fire on. Whacking shit going on here. Yeah. It? There's loads of Halloween films. Films that take place at Halloween. There is. Yeah. We're doing an actual Halloween film in a, in a couple of weeks. The one with Buster Rhymes calls him a motherfucker and kicks him out the window. I mean, he is a motherfucker, really. Well, he is. He's, bad. He's a bad lad. No, yeah, no, no, I don't like him. No. What uh, What have you been up to since last time we recorded? I've changed. You've changed? Yes. I've seen the light, Malachi. I've changed my ways. You, you've, you've what? You, your mm-hmm. voodoo, your voodoo mm-hmm. ways have gone? Yes. I was off the path and I gave up my occultist ways, Malachi. Yeah. I'm now on the righteous path. What the, the path God? of Jesus! What the actual The God path of Jesus! I was in the woods, I was walking alone, and I saw the shug monkey, and he had the face of Christ. What? And he said, Fletch, come back to my flock. Join me, Malachi. I, well, I'm not... What the actual fuck? It's just, it's just... From... Wait, wait. There is a fornicator among us. <laughs> what the actual I sense God? a fornicator! <laughs> I sense a fornicator, oh, a what? weary traveller, on his way home. He stops halfway to lay with another man. <laughs> what the what's actual that, fuck that? are you doing? What are you Take doing? my... <laughs> what are you doing? I, I'm, I'm into Jesus now. Well, you're not going to like... You're, gonna, you're inside Jesus. Ah, Jesus is in me and I'm oh, inside yeah. him. Okay, well, you're not going to like... I've that. been inside Jesus, but it's a different guy. <laughs> Well, yeah, I've actually it, been inside a guy called Moody. Take my hand, Magic Mark. No. Take my hand. <laughs> what the actual fuck? Stop it, you're actually freaking me the fuck Take out. my hand, Magic Mark. Let me expel the demons from you. I am utterly, utterly perplexed. Devil, leave this man. I mean, it's one extreme to another video, really, isn't it? There's no grey areas. It's mm. either voodoo or, you know. You were literally on Tinder five minutes ago. Oh, God, yeah. So, what did we do this week in Shocktober? Shocktober. Fletcher, what did we do? We did the Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 3. Hell on Earth. Hell on Earth. I'd only seen Hellraiser. I've not seen any of the sequels. I'd heard that they were cack. So I did like a kind of a binge of the three. Yeah. There's ten films in the Hellraiser series, not three. Well, yes, but I'm not watching anymore. The first one is a fucking masterpiece. We're not doing it on this show because... It's very good. It's not tat. No, it's not tat. It's not tat. It is an excellent film, and as as horrors go, it's got to be like one of the classics. The second one is batshit crazy and not very good. And what the fuck is the third one? 
Well, that's it. Uh, Pinhead goes to Hollywood, mate. That's what I think. That's, <laughs> I think that's what we've got. Because the first two, they they've got the same vibe, even though the second, as Mark said, the second one's a little bit different. But they've got the same vibe, and I like a film that carries on one after the other. This one, nothing to do with the first. So one. Hellraiser was an intelligent film about a descent into evil. The practical effects were brilliant. You know, like a proper horror with conventions and rules. It was brutal and gory and wonderful. The second one had quite a lot of footage from the first one in it. Yeah. And it was okay. Yeah. But it wasn't as good. It kind of expanded the lore, but was a dip in quality. And this one, it's almost like it's a different fucking franchise. Yeah, it is. They, yeah. they, they, they changed this kind of mysterious pinhead character into the guy from fucking Phantasm. Yeah, basically, it's some executive somewhere seen Phantasm and Nightmare on Elm Street done a couple of bumps and gone, Pinhead needs to start telling jokes now. Needs to be like Freddy Krueger. Get on it. Kirsty's gone. Which, yeah. is all, which is a bad vibe. Bad, bad kind of portentous for how good the film's going to be. She comes back in part seven, I believe. Right, okay, I'm not watching four, five, six, seven. What about number eight, where it's about the internet? It's called Hell World, and Lance Hendrickson controls the hell of the internet. Lance Hendrickson, is that the fella from the X-Files spin-off? Yeah, he was in Aliens. And oh, yeah, yeah, the X-Files spin off guy. Yeah, yeah. Bishop. 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 You, I'm assuming you'd never seen a Hellraiser film before you watched this. No. No. Did you enjoy the film? Did you enjoy Hellraiser 3? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not well, a man, are you, Hollywood flat? Guys, I can see the river already. You and your fucking river. <sighs> oh, God. Right, here, here we go. Here we go. Fucking quarter of an hour fucking soliloquy about the river go on just no it was just very quick Anthony Hitchcock the guy that directed this film he also wrote two of the films that we've done before Blood Moon no Uh, Dolly Dearest no Body Melt no Uh, Santa with Muscles no I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle no Slugs no Voodoo Academy. Oh, just, shall I say it? Shall I just tell what it is? No, 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 hang okay. on. Jaws, The Revenge. No. Um, Fast and Furious. No. He wrote... Bloodsport. No. He wrote... <laughs> he wrote... Sorry, he wrote and directed Waxwork 1 and 2. He also directed Full Eclipse. Full Eclipse. Fucking hell, that was a yeah. film. It was written by a guy called Peter Ask... Uh, yeah, I would have never, ever... Gotten, yeah, we no. would have been here all day. Yeah. It was written by a guy called Peter Atkins. He wrote Hellbound, which is Hellraiser 2, uh, Hellraiser 3 and 4. He wrote all of the Wishmaster films and he wrote the live-action version of Fist of the North Star with Gary Daniels in it. Of course he did. Oh, what? <laughs> Can we do that? We Yeah, we are doing it. Oh, I, and it, I need to watch the original Fist of the North Star before we do the, the, the live-action Fist of the North Star. It's basically the same. Have you never seen the the original? It's basically uh, just Dragon Ball Z before Dragon Ball Z was Dragon Ball Z. Does one of them do like a hundred hand slap? Yeah, that's his that's his that's his finishing move. He just like and it's that much for the pe- a human body can't take it. So like thirty seconds later, they just explode. First time in the series that it hadn't been directed by Clive Barker. He was the executive producer on it. What's that mean? They just go it means he gets some money because it was his idea. Oh right, okay. And uh, first time in a long time, guys. New York City. The city at night. It's good. J.P. Monroe is a douchey man in a leather jacket. He goes to a night gallery to get some night art. 
and when he's in there, there's a big spinny statue, like a pillar. You know at the end of the second Hellraiser film, when a big, like box comes out of hell the evil totem the evil mattress totem evil mattress totem is but that, that that doesn't look like the evil mattress totem I've been collecting he's been harvesting souls Mark that's why it looks a bit different it looks like Gumby it looks like Gumby <laughs> so yeah it's there JP Monroe's in there the guy in the gallery just looks like a street bum I think he's supposed to be the guy who's like what's your pleasure sir in the first one yeah but he's not it's just some guy who looks a bit beardy and he's like is this yours is this for sale and he's like uh if you want it, it's yours, yeah. It's like, how much is it? Because what What do you think? How much do you think? And he gives him some money. He says, yeah, that's right. Enjoy the statue. You will enjoy the statue. So this guy, this douchey nightclub owner, buys all this exotic art. Yeah, the deal is done. JP buys the statue. As a fan of Tat's film, yeah. would you have a replica of this statue in your living room? No, Mark, because I'm 42 years old. What's that got to do with it? <laughs> I wouldn't have a massive... No, I've got... No, I wouldn't. But growing old is compulsory. Growing up is not. Well, ain't that the truth, sister? Would you have one of these, Hollywood Fletch? <laughs> no, I don't have Fletch things. doesn't have objects. Fletch has got, like, a knapsack full of bread, and that's it. You are an odd man. He's a, he's a wanderer. He's a nomad. See, I'm a he bit of a hoarder, and if I had the space... I would quite like one of these. Well, I tried to give him a DVD yesterday. He wouldn't accept it. Because it's a clutter, he said. You like clutter. I've been in your house. Why not? All that happens is you move out and then you've got to pack it all up. I don't, mate. I just leave it. I know you do. I can't. I can't cope with this. I'm a massive hoarder and I've got many, many nice feelings. (laughs) Dax from Deep Space Nine. Joey, the newsreader for Channel 8, sent down to ER for the night, but nothing happening, really quiet. And she's like... I can't believe they sent me here on the quietest night of ever. That used to happen when I worked in A&E. Did it? Yeah. The BBC would send a film crew down on like a Friday night because that's when all the drunk people would come in. When it all kicks off. Yeah. And then nothing would happen. Well, yeah, some nights they'd just be there and there'd just be nothing. Just and drink- they'd all just stood around, just bored, having cups of tea. Drinking that chicken soup out of the machine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but then there'll be other nights. Chicken soup. Then there'll be other nights where they'd come in and they'd just strike gold yeah. because everyone would just be there just fighting, pissed out of their heads. Someone from the Happy Monday's got in a fight. I don't know. A, a, a band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like once. High profile. There was, there was this woman who was so drunk. She wouldn't, like, we just made her sit in this chair. We were like, just sit in that chair and just don't move. And she was so drunk, and the camera crew were filming her. And she's like, what the fuck are you think you're fucking doing? Fucking filming me, you cunts, I'll fucking batter you. And, like, they're just there, like, this is fucking gold. This is gold. And, like, she gets up, and she's like, I'll fucking tell you what. And then she falls over, and they're just, like, giving each other the thumbs up. (laughs) We got it, guys. We got it. See you guys next week. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's got a cameraman, Doc. Did you recognise him from anywhere? Doc? Something, something, River. Carry on, dear. Tammy and the T-Rex. He's the other cop that isn't Hollywood bum. And did you also <laughs> no- did you also notice in this film it is clearly not his voice? Oh yeah. <laughs> so AD- ADR cameraman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I-, I put ADR bad. I put ADR bad Tash. ADR bad Tash. You said he was like a pound shop Hulk Hogan. I did say yeah. he was like a pound shop Hulk Hogan. In fact, he got a love heart for being a pound shop Hulk Hogan. There's a lady setting up a load of scary hospital knives and tools, like in a carcass video. Doc's phone ring is hanging on his powerful, like handyman tool belt. He flips it open. He goes, "Speak." 
he gets called away to a hostage situation, leaving Joey alone in the ER. And she's like, go on, Doc, go and get your real story. Fuck all happening here tonight. And, she, and he's like, don't, don't be like that, Joey. You never know. The story of your life might be right around the corner. And Joey says, that is the story of my life, Doc. And he's gone. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Well. So well written. So well. Well, Idiot. foreshadowing for the next scene. When the emergency staff rush through the doors, pushing a man who's covered in, it's like, in blood and goo and there's chains hanging off him and he's going help me as they pass Joey there's a girl there's a girl hysterical girl going I've got nothing to do with this she's panicking it's got nothing to do with me as the gurney goes past a chain cuts Joey's leg it's real en route to the theatre of lightning voodoo chains and his head explodes having just literally watched Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 like hours before this, there is a significant dip in quality of the head explosion. Yeah. Hellraiser 1 was cut and the head explosion was implicit. Hellraiser 2 puts that same scene in without the cuts to the head explosion and it's a fucking great head explosion. This head explosion was a bit disappointing in comparison, really. Why does his head explode? I don't really know. Because horror film. Because the rules of Hellraiser do not apply to Hellraiser 3 at all. But anyway, yeah, it's, his head explodes. The girl, the hysterical girl, she runs off. Is this film just someone's, like, special effects resume? Well, the last 20 minutes, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> like his show The head explosion was crap. Yeah. Well, it gets going. Anyway, Joey, she sees the girl, the hysterical girl, and she goes and follows her and says, what's going on? What's happened to this fellow who's got, like, covered in meat and chains? And she's going, I just met him at the boiler room. I met him at the boiler room, man. And she says, what's the boiler room? She says, oh, it's just this sick club that everyone goes to in town. And it, it, that I found him there, on the floor, dead. Now, did you recognise the girl? What, the, the, the 90s goth chick? 90s goth chick, yeah. No. She is one of the wolf people in Full Eclipse. Oh! Yeah, I try not to remember Full Eclipse. To be with you. <laughs> yeah. Turns out Doc was right, wasn't it? Just round the corner. What scoop? Do people still get scoops? Do they call it a scoop when they've got a good story? Yes. Well, they do. I hope so. Brad, the news douche, wants Joey to show a bit more leg on the telly. And she says, I want tight stories, Brad, not tight skirts. Brad doesn't believe a top of the, ER, the ER story from the night before. And she said, he's like, look, it's TV, baby. No pictures equals no story. Come back to me when you got a story. <sighs> Has she got a story, guys? Boy, does she oh, have a story, boy. guys. Boy. It's a story. So Jesse heads out after the scoop to the boiler room. It's got a flame inside. So it's very similar to the, uh, the gas works in Wayne's world. But this, this, this flaming sign is pretty cool. Flaming sign. I would go in a nightclub that had like that flaming, flaming sign. Well... These well, nightclubs like this 15 years ago I would have done nightclubs like this don't really exist though that's the thing it's like Hollywood parties and things like that yeah. I was good when I started going parties and there was it wasn't like the parties in Teen Wolf clubs don't look like this The well this club it's your typical 90s club movie situation so she walks into the bar the bar area of this club it's got it's got a couple of different zones first zone bar Cockney barman she goes up excuse me and he goes can I help you my lady like that she says, I'm looking for J.P. Monroe. And, she said, and he says, oh, he'll be, he'll be through there in the other room. Like she goes into the other room. Rock band Armoured Saint are playing in there. 
Should I have heard of Armoured Saint? The only thing I know about Armoured Saint is John Bush was the replacement singer in Anthrax after Joey Belladonna. But then they just chucked him out and he came back. But yes, yeah, a big place, isn't it? But he's not in there. They go speak to the DJ. No sign of Terry. No sign of uh, JP. Anywhere. He's in the posh fine dining section of the uh, of the club. Oh, sorry, did I not mention? Yeah, there's like a five-star restaurant in there. As well as a rock venue and a, uh, a nightclub cocktail room full of fire. So it's, it's like a rock venue and then you go to an incredibly well-soundproofed room that, that's playing classical music. Yeah. In the same nightclub. Yeah. I've been to loads of clubs like that. I haven't. Yeah. I mean, the soundproofing must be top-notch in this film. And the fact that we're commenting on the soundproofing... Probably a comment on the quality of the film as well, really, isn't it? Oh, so, dear. So. Oh, dear. <laughs> War dream. Flashback. Joey is in a dream. You can tell it's a dream because she's got her dream dress on. Because she's always got the dream dress. I thought this first dream, the helicopter bit, just looked like the start to the A-Team. I know that's quite, <laughs> I know that's quite insensitive. But it did. I didn't until you said that. She did with the helicopter. It's the bit with the... When they're all jumping out the helicopter. It's the same. It's the A-Team. Slow-mo war dream. Joey's dad gets left behind. My dad is still alive! My dad is still alive! Woken up by a phone call from Terry. Now, Terry is a bit of... I'll come out now. I don't like her. I don't like Terry in this film. She's a bit of a knob. Yeah, she's very intrusive. Like she phones up in the middle of the night and says, I'll come and tell you about all that, you know, change shenanigans if I can come and live in your house. Now. Immediately. I'm coming round now. I think she was probably supposed to be quite a tragic figure, but she, but she came just across as a bit of a douche canoe. Yeah, she just comes off really fidgety, anxious, and she's super, super needy. And, and she's, she's know, a bit much. The, the story, she's not got anywhere to stay, she's... You've just described yourself. No, I... No, I Is that why you hate her? Because she's me. Yeah. No. She's Self-loathing. Like... Look in the mirror. Malachi. Oh yeah, he looks just like this girl. She says he was just lying in the street. He must have taken it from the statue. That thing with the chains. Where did the chains come from? Terry has the puzzle box in her handbag and she holds it right up to the camera and says, It came out of this. Now JP notices later that his statue's got a big hole in it. Somebody's taken the cube out of it. He's like, which light-fingered little prick has been here and nicked a section of my statue? So he puts his arm in it. Hang on. I'm not following. What do you mean you're not following? So why... Okay, so why is she taking the puzzle box? She just picked it up, didn't she? When she she's she's a pain the, in the arse. Out of the statue? No, the, the lad who had all the chains in him, he stole it out of the statue. Right. He fiddled around with it. The chains came and he, his head exploded. So where what's she got to do with it? She picked the box up and gives it to Terry. Gives it to uh, Joey. Yeah. That's, that's it. What does the puzzle box do? That opens hell. That is does the Hellraiser. But the puzzle box does confuse me, to be fair. It's the gateway to hell. JP notices that he's missing from his statue. With a big hole in it, so he sticks his arm straight in there. I'm not sure, I'm not sure that's why. No. you not watch Flash Gordon? Well, he gets bitten by a rat. He gets bitten by a rat and he's swinging it round on his hand. The blood, the, it's all over the place. And he splashes blood from his hand and he just throws the rat full pelt at the statue. <laughs> and the blood of the hand and the rat melts and into the statue and like Pinhead's like mm, 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 mm. to be fair that's a bit like the scene in the first one where the, the blood from the cut hand melts into the floorboards yeah it is yeah I'll give them that 
they at least fucking tried a little bit. Yeah. Next morning, Terry is working on breakfast and she's a fucking idiot because everything's on fire. She's reading a recipe book and smoking for breakfast. I mean, who don't know how to do... A, 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 what? What are you getting mad about? All the kitchen's on fire. No, no wonder she ain't got a house. Liability. Anyway, she's just like, oh, don't worry about ruining my kitchen. We'll just have some toast and we'll go and see if, if we can find the, where you got that statue from. She God, said, she deserves to get shot, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. <laughs> wow. They go to the gallery, but guys, it's been closed for ages. There's, a, there's an old fellow over the road with a tiny poodle and he says, well... They went to Hawaii over a month ago. They ain't been... No- and she says, we were here last night for the big statue. She says, it can't be. No. They break in and have a look around. They're like... Ooh. They find a file containing the plot of the first two films. <laughs> the <laughs> good, do, the good well. ones. Yeah. A dossier. A dossier, yes. Yes. A plot dossier. Very good. A plotier? Now, JP... Sydney plotier. Oof. Oof. JP... Is a shitbag in the club. He's always he likes he, he likes a massive belly. Yeah, he? he likes the ladies. He's got this move, the smooth rose move, where he gets you know. Would you like your rose, sir? The Cockney barman. Have a cup of tea. The acting quality is fucking wretched in this film. Again, I shouldn't have watched this in close proximity to the first no. one, where the acting was good. No. Yeah. And yeah. The, the, some of the acting in this, it's like. They're taking the piss, it's so bad. Well, he meets a girl and he takes her upstairs for a harsh, sweaty bunk up where he's smoking a cigarette and just squashing the poor girl's boobs up. It's he, just like... He really does give him a good fucking squeeze in yeah, those teeth. Yeah, it does, yeah. And Ceramic Pinhead watches on from his statue. And very much like last week, as soon as as soon as soon Joey... He's like... Ugh! He gives it a powerful brocom. Pinhead opens, opens his little peepers. He's alive. This guy, right? We were talking about this when we were watching the film together. He's clearly not very good in bed. No. He just honks her tits dead hard, shanks her till he comes, and then he's done. Yeah, then cleans his cowboy boots and tells her to fuck off. I mean, even one night stands. You should probably try and make it good for them as well. Not with JP. Is this, is this a cr- heterosexual one night stands work? Not as far as I'm aware. Yeah, if you're an 80s horror baddie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. He's just a bit of a, a crush and pump man, isn't he? Crush, pump, crush, pump, gone. Get out, cowboy boots. I mean, there are people who are into being used, but I don't think this girl was, so he's a massive cunt. Mm. Basically, is the summary of my lack of knowledge of heterosexual sex. Well, he is a bad lad. He just starts shining up his cowboy boots as the girl's looking around at all his radical art. And she's like, oh yeah, this is really cool. Do you mind me looking at this? And he's like, fucking whatever. Because he's had what he wanted and he just wants her out to get out. He says, look, just get dressed and get out of here. She starts shouting at him. She seems surprised. Yeah, seems surprised. This massive douchey guy ended up being a massive douchey guy. Yeah. Well, it's too late because chains fly out of the statue and they... You know, hook into the girl, pick the girl up, turn turn around to face Pinhead. Pinhead just goes, Rawr! starts screaming. A chain flies out of his mouth, bashes her straight in the forehead, peels all her skin off like a big orange, and then gobbles her up. It whips her skin off in one. That was a that was cool. Yeah, it uh, is, uh, yeah. There are some fun parts of this film. Mm. That was cool. It's, it's like someone's torn her clothes off, but it was a skin. It was it was cool. Do you know that the skinless lady? Yeah. That's not her playing the skinless lady. It's the annoying teenager who plays the skinless lady. Good 
There's that obsession with skinless people in Hellraiser films. Yeah, isn't well, that's the first two. It's about people getting their skin back, isn't it? Bit by bit. Bring us a fella. Nom nom nom. She gets sucked into the screaming Penhead uh, statue. When Penhead first appears, he mainly screams. Ah! <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, Pinhead's face is alive now. It takes one one person for one bit. So he's eaten one person, now he's got a face. That's how it works. Clearly. But he needs more bodies like in the other films, like the good ones. He needs more blood and bodies to become real. And JP says, Jesus Christ! And Pinhead says, not quite. That was just marvellous. Like that, uh, that very worthy of a love heart. Jesus Christ! Not quite. <laughs> Wonderful. But again, it's not Pinhead. Pinhead was this kind of unexplained, kind of background, genuinely creeping evil in the first two films. And now he's just catchphrases and, and Freddy cliches. Freddy Krueger in it all. Doesn't mean it wasn't a fucking great line yeah. that I really did enjoy. It's a fucking... That's... Yeah. There's so many films where someone goes Jesus Christ and someone goes oh not quite almost it's, it's like, that's just such a fucking yeah but is it subsequent to this because then this was well done as well well he says you enjoyed the girl he says yeah he says good so did I <laughs> and, and JP says it's not the same way what you did is fucking evil man you're fucking evil but Pinhead says no he tempts him in with the same he's like I need your help he says no fucking way he says oh there's no good, Monroe. There is no evil, only flesh. So JP pulls a gun on the statue and he says, like, no fucking way. Bim, 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 bim. Pinhead says, how touching. The same gun you killed your parents with. What? Yeah, so he's apparently bumped off his parents. Inherited their nightclub. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, there's very little depth to this character, isn't there? He shoots Pinhead in the face, but he spits out the bullets like fruit pips. Like that, the classic. So Doug Bradley absolutely steals the show in this film. He, both Pinhead and Elliot, spoilers for another character in a moment, he, because of the ambiguity and the mystery of the character in the first two, he was very limited in what he could do. But yeah. in this one, he is just wonderful. He, he's got... He's got what Angus Scrimmer's got in Phantasm. He's got what Freddy Krueger's got in... Mm. In, in, in Nightmare on Elm Street, he's just got something of the horror baddie that just completely steals the show. What, hang on, do you like him quipping or not? I love him quipping, I don't care. The f- it's almost like it's two different franchises, you know? Yeah. The first one is a masterpiece. You've made two comments about this film so far. One that you hate that Hellraiser is now a funny, like, charismatic, quippy bloke. And one that you absolutely love that, <laughs> that Pinhead is now a funny... Both of those things are accurate. Yeah. I hate what they've done to the Hellraiser franchise, but I love this as a stupid fucking horror of film. It. The tat of it. Yeah. The, 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 I, I understand that. The, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I just love. I just loved Doug Bradley in this film. He was wonderful. It, it was. I think that this gave him the opportunity to be a horror bad guy a bit more, if that makes any yeah. sense. So. Joey gets a hold of the tape from the Canard Institute where they did all the bad stuff with the mattresses in the other films. 
And she's got the tape of Kirsty telling everything like the demons live in the box, it's a gateway to hell, etc, etc. And whilst she's watching it, the TV goes fuzzy and somebody comes on. It's, it's Doug Bradley minus all the pins in his head. So he's like, head man, just head. He says, like, she's telling the truth, Joey. Elliot like, is Elliot, the character's yeah. name. Not, not, no pin head. No pin. No, pin. no, no pins. pins in his head. Which was touched on in the second film. This character is continuing on from the second yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. So, but Terry's at home reading a book about battles of the 20th century. And the puzzle box is just sitting there on top of the video player. On the TV, tempting her. She picks it up and she begins playing with the box. Just as she's about to like... Lightning in the box, she's going to open it. The phone rings. <gasps> phone jump scares. There's a lot of them. The phone rings and it's JP. And he's sat on a motorbike in his pants in his flat. <laughs> trying to get her to come back round. Yeah. He's just sat on a motorbike in his pants. Going, hey baby. I'm sorry about last time. Come to my house. I'm in my pants. <laughs> my sexy pants. Physically, he's an attractive man. As a person, I mean, he's about as ugly as it's possible to be, but he looks nice with the kit off, doesn't he? Well, Doc leaves an answer phone message for Joey to say, Oh, you've got that job. Well done. You've got that job elsewhere. Maybe you're going to have to sell me your condo. <laughs> See you later, bud. Fucking Terry is this. Mardy little cow. Doesn't even live in the house. She's like, right, I'm, thanks for telling me about that. Writes a, a shitty post-it note. She is a massive Benin. Yeah, on the post titled little bitch. Yeah. Enjoy Monterey, you liar. What prick. And, and just fucks off out. She goes to meet JP at the boiler room. Joey is having the war dream again. She's transported to World War II trenches. Joey, welcome, says no pins in his head. <laughs> she, w- she wakes up screaming. No pins in his head. Flashes up on the TV and says, you need to help me, Joey. Help me, Joey. Now, JP is trying to trick Terry into coming over to him for a hug. Yeah, come give us a hug. He's got a back at his flat and he's like, I'm not going to feed you to this statue, but just stand over here by the statue. Just, just stand over here. He gets annoyed when he grabs her. Pinhead wakes up and starts screaming and he says, bring her to me, boy. Drags her towards the, the, the bellowing statue and she smacks him with, smacks him with brass knucks. Where did she get them from? From the street, mate. These brass knuckles weren't established as an item she owned or... Or in his flat previously or anything. It was literally just, I've suddenly got some brass knucks. Yeah. Or did I miss something? No. She, no, just, she just carries she, them on her person. Yeah, knocks him out. She goes to bed, runs for the door and Pinhead goes, Wait! Why run, Terry? Do you know where you are? You're at the doorway to dreams. There are two keys in this room. One of them is in that dickhead's pocket. If you open that door that, right in front of you there, it lets you back into the world you've always known. Back to the street punkery. Hopeless. Dreamless. The other. Oh, Terry, the other. The key to black miracles. Dark wonders. A new life of unknown pleasures of the flesh. Turn the key. Solve the puzzle. The key is lying bleeding at your feet. Right. Here's the thing. The one sympathy I have with this girl is I don't remember my dreams either, and that makes me a little bit sad. Mm. I, you know, I, I wake up next to my partner and he'll tell me all these wonderful, ridiculous, crazy dreams that he's had. And I'll be like, nope, i got nothing for you. Do you want a cup of tea? And I would quite like to be able to remember my dreams. But if a fucking evil demon, fucking stab face, fucking statue of evil said, go out or come and spend some time with me so you can remember your dreams, I'll be like, do you know what? I'll stick with no dreams. Well, I don't know. She's so for certain. She's got nothing else on. 
How is he convincing these people? Because they will witness... It's just like vague things about dreams and stuff. And she's like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. What is he even talking about? I'm like, mate, what are you talking about? Pleasures of the flesh. What do you mean? Do you mean I'm going to get laid? Maybe. <laughs> but it's a yes or no question, mate. Again, the first film had some kind of... Subtle point to it. Nuance <laughs> about the, the kind of thin line... Of between pleasure and pain, and yeah. there was a sexualized element of it. This isn't that. This isn't sophisticated at all. JP wakes up, trying to shove him, shove him at the statue, and he wakes up and goes, "No!" But then chains hook into him. The statue shoves a. I don't know what it is. It's like a pole through his head with some kind of piss piston machine. It looks like a bit of a camera stand, but it's not. I didn't know what it was either. Boshes it through his head. Pinhead screams. Claymation statue comes to life. Turns from grey to fleshy pink. And the faces of the souls move. And one of them really looks like Sloth from the Goonies. So again, right. I, I don't want to be that guy that points out the plot holes. But if he only needed one more body to resurrect himself from the evil totem... Why didn't you just eat him? Why didn't you just eat him in the first place? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. A big load of spaffy goo plops on the floor, and the statue explodes into chunks of meat and light, and it falls apart to reveal Pinhead like an evil Easter egg. Bones and limbs plopping on the floor, covered in like jizzy goo. And there he is, Pinhead, in all his in his sexy latex dress, and he offers his hand to Terry. That's it. Joey wakes up to the sound of a big old timey war radio playing. Sleep well, chaps. Wartime music downstairs. So she goes downstairs, doesn't question that there's, a, there's an old-timey radio that's uh, in the cupboard. A wireless. A wireless, that's it, yeah. And she turns it, she takes it to the table, starts fiddling around with it. She's trying to tune it in so she can speak to uh, no pins in his head. She knows, she's like, ah, oh, war. I'm putting this together. War, pinhead, radio. That so noise was very satisfying, though, because, mm. because it's something that you don't do anymore, tuning a radio like that. Yeah. That, that, that gave me all the kind of, like, retro nostalgia vibes. Go to the window, Joey, says no pins in his head. And she opens the curtains to find Doug there. He's there playing with the puzzle box in his World War II bunker. And she walks through the window into the past. And while she's in there, a door opens, a foggy door, like the start of stars in her eyes opens <laughs> sake. Cut from that to the blood-soaked trenches of the war, she follows Doug through, past all the dead bodies. It's pretty grim. Really, really grim. And he says, my name is Elliot Spencer, and I need your help, Joey. They shake hands, and he says, well done, you're very brave. I don't suppose you've ever shaken hands with a ghost before, have you? She's like, Captain Spencer, what the hell is going on here? And he says, hell, my dear, is exactly what's going on here. Now, Captain Spencer... No pins in his head. He managed, he managed to find Joey through her dreams of war. Because he said, anyone who dreams of war, I died in a war. Therefore, I can get to your dreams via war dreams. You had a war dreams. I'm here now. So I brought you to the, wo- the world. You know, the limbo betwixt heaven and hell. The dream realm. How contrived. Yeah, well, that's how he does it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he tells her there's, there's a monster out there. And it's me. Well, there used to be pinhead origin scene, pins whacked in his head, all that, all that shenanigans. And he tells her Joey needs to bring him back to hell through the window. Talking about convoluted. Remember that. Remember that, guys, for later. In order for this to work, she needs to bring him through the, the patio door in her flat to hell. Hell. 
the limbo world. Remember so, that, okay? So he's the ghost of Pinhead. He's the ghost of Pinhead. He's so the, what's Pinhead then? He's the bad man. He's the bad half. So he's got he's got to drag it back and Superman three it. So does that mean when everyone else gets turned into what they're called Cenobites? Yeah. Then they've got a good ghost that turns up in people's dreams. Maybe. Well, it depends. If it, if they died in a war and they're having a war dream, yes, Fletch, we've gone well, through Well, no, no, because he died in a war. So if someone's ha- having a nightmare about being killed by a nightmarish Gumby statue, right. then you'll turn <laughs> up in their dreams and be like, you've got to help me, man. Well, I don't know, Fletch. Maybe this is happening. Is it because he's the head Cenobite and he's the only one who gets a ghostly good oh, you alter mean, ego? You mean like Lost Boys? He's like Max, isn't he's he? like Max in Lost Boys. Silly. You must be Max. We yeah. are trying to yeah, we, hard we, on this. Are, I don't think there's yeah. any fucking logic whatsoever. There is. So, I, I yes. will find it. So, like I said, he has. He says you got to bring him through the patio, Bab. I can't. I cannot walk in the realm of man. I am just a dream man. I, I live in the dream world now. It's a dream world. Was this before or after Shocker? This was after Shocker. Right, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of dream shit in horror films. There has been recent, the ones we've done recently, yeah. So she says, where, where is it? Where is this gateway to hell? She said, I'll tell you where it is, Bab. It's in your living room on your table. It's that little box. You need to go back and get that. She says, well, well what if you take He can't take it. This is one of the rules in the film. He can't take it. It has to be given to him. Okay, rules. The boiler room is jam-packed with party people. Group of lads at the bar look like the T-Birds out of Greece. Armoured Saint, the same band that they featured earlier on in the film, the footage of them is playing with a different band over the top of it. So they, could, they only put one Armoured Saint song in it, but they used the footage of them miming to it from the back, but then when it shows the shot at the back of the, uh, the crowd, it's got the Armoured Saint sign on the back. So it's just the same footage from earlier in the film. I have no idea what. Only you would spot that. What are you yeah. talking about? It doesn't matter. All the grebby decorations have got, like, you know, the sort of things you would have found in a grebby pub in, in 1990. Man wrapped in barbed wire. Baby. A sculpture with an arm holding a heart. Boom, 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 boom. The heart lives. All of the grebby things start coming to life. You and then- tell me off for being too British and isolating our American fucking listeners. Americans aren't going to know what grebby means. Uh Grebos. Grebos. They're not going to know what Grebos means. But punk kids. I don't know. I don't know. People who go to Hot Topic. They're kids. That's a good one. Kids that have very little to do and dress a bit gothy is probably fair. Yeah. Boom! Now, door explodes. Bouncer flies through the air. Lands on the bar. Now, if you like explosions... You'll enjoy the end of this film because the last 20 minutes is just everything exploding. Do you know who likes explosions? Somebody around here likes explosions. Is it you, Fletch? Yes. I'm the one who likes explosions. (laughs) That's my thing. I like people being masticated. Oh, no, it's not called masticated. What is it that you like? Defenestrated. That's the one, defenestrated. So... No, I really fucking like explosions. So all your love hearts are about to come up then, I assume. I'm putting like one... It's it's like an oversized love heart for the entirety of the many explodium things. Yeah, because basically Pinhead walks in and he just says, Shall we begin? All the teenagers start panicking, running around. Chains flying out the wall. One man, silly goose, tries to grab the chains. Boom! Hooks pull his fingers off. My favourite death in this bit... Lady's got a drink, the drink flies into the air, turns into Pinhead's head, and then solidifies and stabs her in the mouth. A Pinhead 
Drink knife. Death. Good. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't in the first one, was it? No. I, I quite enjoyed the CD shuriken. Ah, uh, well, he's coming. Barbed wire wraps around the, the Cockney barman's face. He's like, oh, call blimey, governor. I can't see anything with my peepers. A lady gets her face pulled off like it's an orange. Gone. Easy peeler. Right, me mince pies. Right, me. <laughs> God, blow me, governor. Oh, God. I've got my wire on my brain. He's a mother brain. Fucking hell, can't see nothing now. He's a mother brain. The doors lock, and yes, the DJ death scene. The DJ's there, five CDs fly into the air and surround his face, and then bish, bish, all stab him in the face. CD shuriken. Yeah. Good times. Chains, got come, chains come out of a pool table and pull a man's lips off. And I also enjoyed the pool table fucking yeah. chains. I thought that was a nice little nice little twist on the chains shit. Pinner's just laughing at him. He's having a good time. He's just he? like, ah, look at these dickheads. They've got chains all through them. There's a chain that's gone through multiple people as well. Yeah. So I think they have saved everything up for the last for the end of this film, really, haven't they? Because it just, it's bonkers. It is wonderful. So yeah, he shuts the doors and then blood oozes under the locked doors and you can just hear people being sliced to bits behind there. And, I uh, quite like well, yeah. it kind of emphasised the sheer number of it all. Joey is woke, she's fallen asleep next next to the old timey war wireless, and she's woken up by news on the TV about the incident at the boiler room. So she phones up Doc, he answers the phone, speak, that's how he does it. She says, turn on the news on Channel 9, but on Doc's TV, it's not, the news isn't on. Only she is seeing the news, but Doc, he's a good mate, he says, I'll help you. So I'll, I'll meet you there. She runs off, picks up the box and she runs off as she leaves, the TV's unplugged. But how? It must have been some kind of ghost broadcast from, oh, from, from no pins in his head. He can do the telly as well. So yeah, she drives to the club. Doc's, Doc's truck's there with the doors open, but no sign of the cameraman anywhere. So she heads upstairs to a flappy open door. Inside, there's just blood and chains and piles of dead folk all over the place. It's like the trench dream, but real. Guy on the pool table with a mouthful of pool balls. Very good. I like that as well. Yeah. Everyone is dead. And it's all pretty gruesome. Doors open. There's a room full of candles. Joey has the puzzle box in her hands. More and more dead people. And then she gets to the other side of the room and there's a dead man wrapped in fairy lights with the uh, with torches right bopped in his mince pies. They find Doc, his boat race, his head has been chopped off. He's got it in his lap and, and they've just stuffed his, his camera right down his neck hole. His canister. His canister. Pinhead pops up and he goes, oh, it's unbearable, isn't it? The suffering of strangers and I've pulled your mate's head off. <laughs> there is a secret song at the centre of the world, Joey, and it sounds like razors through flesh. And she says, I don't believe you. And he's like, oh, come on, look at it, fucking everywhere. You can hear its faint echo. Can't you, Joey? I'm here to turn up the volume. And she says, yeah, well, I'm here to send you back to hell. Pinhead just laughs at Joey and says, you can't stop me, child. Just give me the box and I'll free you from your future. She says, no. And he goes, don't debate with me. Come here and die while you have an option of doing it quickly. And she says, you're going to have to come and get me, you ugly fuck. Good. Yeah. Battle of Wits. Battle of Wits. Yeah. I've come to turn up the volume. Yeah. Along like... with the tempo. Oh, it's like it's like donkey. Many have died trying to stop my show. <laughs> he says, "Yeah, very good. I'll enjoy making you bleed, and I'll enjoy making you enjoy making you bleed." What? That's what he says. Uh, 
I'll be honest, I don't you, you know. You lost interest, but I No, I know. I don't know what anyone said in this film because you put it on, maybe watch it, and then just sat next to me, shouting at me the entire time. No, so I have no idea no, what any of the dialogue is in this film. Well, Joey runs outside, causes a taxi to crash into a lamppost. Electrical wires come to life and they're lifted around trying to get at Joey like, like a pair of shit puppet snakes with sparklers on them. They, get in, they go into some water and Joey's chased by an electric wave. And then a chain shoots out of the drain, grabs her. She's like, oh, be, oh, ow, and then runs off. Clipped a nipple off. Clipped like, a nipple <laughs> like that, Like that woman from Jason X. Yeah. Just went, bing. Clipped off. Cling, cling, cling. She's, she's running in slow-mo down the street. And as she runs past anything, it explodes. Cars explode. Everything exploding. Sewers explode out. The ma- manholes, bosh. One of them goes for red. Ducks. Smashes up the pub frontage. It truly is. Hell on earth. She rests by a TV shop. She's like, oh, bloody hell. I'm pooped. I'm, I'm blowing up. I need, to, I need to... Hang on a minute. The TV's come on and there she is. She's being filmed. But from where... She's being filmed from Doc. He's been turned into a Cenobite. He's now a camera face man. And he's got a camera for an eye. So these new Cenobites, right? I, I realise I'm an odd human. But it made me think of He-Man, the new adventures of He-Man. Do you remember how like there was He-Man and it was good? And yeah. then they remade it as the new adventures of He-Man. And he was on a different fucking planet. And it was He-Man with a whole new cast of Masters of the Universe who weren't as good. Yeah. These new Cenobites felt a little bit like that. Like, Do you know what? What? New He-Man was fucking rad. What? Yeah, it was rad. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, new He-Man was wicked. You are an odd human. He makes t- All the TVs explode. Boom. And I assume that's his power because he's got a camera in his face. Is that logic? Cenobite logic? Joey runs into a guy with a terrible wig and he says like, relax baby, it's cool. It's not, everything's on fire. He turns around. He's stood next to a fire like, everything's fine. It's not. <laughs> and then he gets, he gets a camera lens punched through his head. Boom, there you go. You can see straight through his noggin hole. And there's Joey, the other side of the hole, terrified. And then camera face man says, you ready for your close up, Joey? Because they've got quips now. You're brown bread, mate. You're dead. You're brown. Yeah, and these quips make them a very different kind of threat to what they were in the first two. Well, Pinhead walks into the street and the rest of his new bros, you've got camera face, yeah? CD face. He throws CDs like shurikens and he spits them out of his slotty mouth. Everything is still... Hell! Hell in New York City! A wall explodes. Out comes the Cockney Cenobite. The barman is now a Cockney Cenobite with his face all wrapped in barbed wire. And he... uh, He's got uh, cocktail shakers full of petrol and he can breathe fire like Godzilla. Yeah, he can. Cops arrive on the scene and he just he, he blows them up. Immediately. So the Cenobites, they get killed and, and they come back as something specific to how they died. Yeah. Or how they lived. Yes. Except for the ones that they can't think of anything for, then they well, just give them flame breath. That's why I can't get on with it like JP. What has he got in his head? Yeah, what is that? Anyway, Pinhead didn't die with pins in his head. Pinhead was tortured with pins in his head once he died. Yeah, he kept the, he kept the look. He liked it. Weird. So Joey runs into a runs into a church, and there's the uh, typical Irish priest. He goes, "Oh, is everything okay?" And she says, "No, the, de- the demons are coming." She's, and he says, "Demons aren't real, bab. They're just like parables, you know." 
metaphors, stories, so you don't do bad things, my child, and such. And then the doors swing open, backlit pinhead, and she goes, yeah, what the fucking hell's that then? More exploding as he walks through the church. The stained windows all explode. The priest holds up a cross. And he says, how dare you, Pinhead? How dare you? But Pinhead just melts the cross with his evil and laughs in the priest's face. And his, his hand melts off as well. Yeah. I found the whole... Again, a bit like the the, the church scene in Highlander. Yeah. I was like, fucking hell, they're being a bit edgy on this. Well, with, with the whole Jesus Christ pose. Yeah. He, he pulls worm nails out of his head. Oh, worm pins, I should say, out of his head. Gives himself stigmata. Stands there in a Jesus Christ pose and says, I am the way. And everything yeah. else explodes. Yeah, I was like, oof. Mm. He also, uh, he, he feeds the priest. This is my body. It gives him like a bit of, clips a bit of flesh exactly. off. I'm, I'm glad I'm not Christian, because I think this would be really upset me if I was. Well, well, he's from hell, mate. This is it. This is bread and butter. Mm. Joey starts fiddling with the puzzle box. And she's like, come and get it. She runs off with the box to a building site where she gets hassled by Terry, who's now a Cenobite with a cigarette in her throat, and she goes, I can dream all the dreams that I can see, all the dreams. JP's there, sleeves bag, with some kind of piston machine in his head. Maybe it's from his bike. Maybe, yeah. Oh, that ah, makes a lot of sense. Yes. Now, Joey solves the puzzle, and it opens up, and it sucks all the Cenobites into the box. It's like, that's it, that's the end. Genie's back in the lamp. Is that the end? No, Joey is transported back to the dream realm. And her dad there, his dad's there, that she, who died in the Vietnam War. And he's like, Joey, Joey, I'm so confused. They sent me down from heaven, it's so bright, to, to, to talk to you. They said you had a present for me. She goes, oh, this, yeah, this. Oh, what's that? Take that. And he goes, ah, I'm not your dad, I'm Pinhead, you dickhead. <laughs> I've got the box. So yeah, he's got the box. <laughs> And he, he the says, thing is, it really is as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. you kind of, normally, you kind of mock and simplify the plot. But that was yeah, the exact yeah. fucking plot. He said, human dreams are so good to sow the seeds of torment. And you, you're so ripe, Joey. And it's harvest time. She says, you invaded my mind, you bastard. And then he says, you think the nighttime world is closed to me? <laughs> then, good Pinhead turns up. <laughs> No pins in his head, no, I no pins in his head, yeah. And he, he's like, now you're in my dominion and we are going to hell. He says, ladies first. And he, he gets, he brings up the Cenobite making machine from hell and starts turning Joey into a Cenobite. But it's good versus evil. They meld together. Is that what that Jizzy Flesh Rose was? The Jizzy Flesh Rose? It looks like um, a tortoise penis. Yeah, it was really kind of really, I thought really, really sexualized. I, I, I don't know how they got away with making it look that jizzy. Mm, it very jizzy. But Cenobite machine, it's all very jizzy. That's that's just horror one hundred and one, mate. Everything yeah. is dicks or fannies. Mm, mm. So it's and this is a weird dick fanny. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Full of jizz. Full of jizz. Nightmares. Monster is mm. feminine. <laughs> so yeah, it's like Superman three. This bit. Good Pinhead versus Bad Pinhead, and they meld like that into one. But Bad Pinhead absorbs Good Pinhead. Joey's like, shit, this has not worked out for the best, has it? The merge phase practical effect CG combo. Yeah, very good. Normally, I'm much more of a fan of practical effects over CG. But this worked really well as a combo, and... I don't think you'll ever really see that again. Mm. Like, it, it's either practical 
or CG, whereas this combined the two in a really effective way. And that's rare, mm. right? It is. Well, there's a similar shot to that, similar effect in Brain Scan, when the internet devil melds with Edward Furlong, isn't there, at the end? I got a similar sort of thing. But yeah, it uh, turns out you can turn the box into a knife the whole time. So she turns it into a knife, stabs Pinhead, and he goes back to hell. She puts the box in concrete foundations of a building. She and plants it like a seed. Plants it like a seed, and it grows into a big, I don't know, Lament Confederation Hotel, is it? It, it came across as like evil office building. Evil me. office building, yeah. And then that's uh, that's the end. Yeah. The end of Hellraiser 3. So that scene where she puts the box in the um, in the cement. Yes. Yes. For me, in my kind of modern cinema brain, that should have been a post-credit. When did post-credit start to happen? Do you, is, it, is, is it a relatively recent phenomenon? No, but it's been popularised by fucking Marvel films. So since then, everybody... everybody I do enjoy the Marvel films. I know you don't, dear. Hellraiser 3, did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy it, lads? Did you have a nice time this week in the the club? You know, listen, right, hear me out. Yeah. So he promises all these nice things to people, and then he goes, Gah, Cenobite! And, like, he just wants to turn everyone into Cenobites, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know all the Cenobites, once they've been turned into Cenobites, they don't look too, like... Sad about it. They all look like they're having quite a good oh, time. They're evil. Yeah, they are evil. At that yeah, point. but they're all just like, hey, everything's good now. Yeah, they're quite. They seem quite happy. Well, why don't we just let him do it then? Just yeah. let him do it. Yeah, let's all just be happy, leather people. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Happy with well, that. they seem to be happy with yeah, it. Yeah, just leave. Yeah, this film was clearly fan service. They people who had watched the first few films hadn't got the subtlety of the first one clearly, and they were just like, what will pin it? And so I, I think that idiots were given what they wanted and this was what they got. But yeah, Hellraiser, I was a big fan of the Hellraiser franchise as a kid. The first two. I went to the cinema to see this one and I was like, what the living fudge have I just watched? <laughs> um, but watching it with Tatai 20 odd years later, it's not so bad. Oh yeah, with Tatai it's lots of fun. Tatai. I, I'm not being... I'm not hating on people who want fan service. I love fan I like the fucking Marvel films for goodness sake. I'm all about the fan service. Mm. But um did you know that there's been a remake of the original on the card since two thousand and six? Of the first Hellraiser, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's also And it's just not fucking happened. No, there's also supposed to be a TV series at one point. It was supposed to be a Hellraiser like Netflix or Amazon series, I'm sure. There was point. an announcement in April twenty that they've got a new director and a new writer. They're both kind of like kind of jobbing horror writer, horror kind of folk. One of them was involved in VHS. The other one was involved in a film called Super Dark Times. I've never heard of. Mm. And I would quite like to see a remake. I think. What do you think? No, no, no remake for you. No, no remake. No. Fletch. He's not seen the first one. Have you not? What are we talking about? <laughs> Hellraiser. <laughs> They're supposed to be doing a remake of Hellraiser. Hellbrazzers. Hellbrazzers. Right. Hellbrazzers, the best exists. Hellbrazzers. Hellbrazzers. Hellmilfs. Anyway, stars? Any stars from you, Fletch? Yeah, go on then. Yeah? How about you? Some stars. Some stars, good. Thank you for joining us this week on SuperTap Film Club Sharktober. Please go to patreon.com and uh, SuperTap FC. That's it, isn't it? Buy us a pint. Buy us a pint. Fancy buying us a pint. 
Like, subscribe, pass it on to your friends, listen to our friends, listen to Mark's podcast, and we will see you next week for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, lads. We're doing another sequel. We're doing a, doing a back to the, back to the, uh, Wes Craven, back to the dream realm. Yay. Yay. We've just been there. Yeah, I know, we've been there quite a bit. I mean, that week you were off, it was always heavily dream-based. Shaka! Shaka! See you next week for Dream Warriors.